0: Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like to some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith thank you enjoy the podcast paul gave instruction to pastors broadly and titus specifically titus 3 and 8 this is what paul wrote this is a faithful saying and these things i will that thou affirm Constantly. Everybody say constantly. I know sometimes we go to church and you think, man, I've heard that before. I've heard that constantly. Anybody ever heard that, felt like that? You come to church like, man, I hear that all the time. He said, I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things... Are good and profitable. And so today I have no doubt <clears throat> probably will not cover any uncommon ground, things that you've not heard. But the scripture tells us to constantly affirm for those who believe in God that we be careful to maintain good works. Because in the process of doing this, it is good and profitable. You ever heard the saying, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure? God's mercy is wonderful. How many of you know that's true? But I would say to you that there is available to us a higher reality. That we could live in a way that we are not constantly needing His mercy. Because we have been given access to peace. To live a life. Pleases God. Man, I feel so good in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. That might mean I preach a short sermon. It might. And everybody say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us today. Amen. Revelations chapter 4, beginning with verse 8, if you would like to stand with me as we read this scripture. Revelations chapter 4 beginning with verse 8. I'd like to say it's good to have everyone that is here today. Amen. No doubt we miss those that aren't here. But you're here. The Lord knew you were going to be here before I got here, before I knew. Maybe even before you knew. And I do believe the Lord has dealt with my heart this week and I pray that uh, this message will speak to you. Revelations 4 and verse 8. And the four beast had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying holy 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 say that with me holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come verse 9 and these and when the, those beasts give glory and honor And thanks to him that sat on the throne. Who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him. That sat on the throne and worship him. That liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne saying. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Somebody say, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 3, a very common scripture. Deuteronomy 6 verse 3, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with Thee, and that ye ye may... Increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that flowed with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, what's it say? One Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, And when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. What is this that we're supposed to focus on? Specifically, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord... Our God, what's it say? One Lord. What's you supposed to tell your children? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And for the next little while, my message title is The Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everybody say that with me. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated. The Shema is found in the daily prayer of the Jews. It is not stated as a question, but it is made as a declaration. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Jews proclaim, Jehovah is our one God. Jehovah is our one Lord. This was ingrained in the minds. It was intended to be ingrained in the minds of the children of Israel from the time they were born until they died and breathed their last within the DNA of their world view. It was wrapped up in the Lordship of Jehovah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I would say to you that though we live in another covenant and another day, I believe that this concept of an understanding of who God is and our commitment to love Him with all that we are if nothing else should be stronger than it was for them because we have a greater understanding and we have a personal uh, glimpse into the character of God through we see in the ministry of Jesus Christ The Bible tells us of Jesus, that it is in the face of Jesus we see the glory of God. 6,781 times, Lord, the word Lord is listed in your Bible. From Genesis to the book of Revelation, 6,781 times, You will find it over and over. The Lord Jehovah, our God, Elohim, is one Echad, Lord Jehovah. The singularity of this declaration is the solidification of our devotion, our dedication, our discipline and allegiance. Jehovah, He is our one and our only God. We will worship Him and we will worship no other. The Lord Jehovah but He is God. Amen. Can we take a minute and give Him praise? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Today I am preaching to you about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. I know today many get caught up in the concepts of Jesus that are not, that are not only central, but Or even to the point of distraction to the primary of the stated declaration we are commanded to do. Amen. I want you to know Jesus Christ is Lord when those little baby Jews, those little toddler Jews, those little uh, 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 beginner Jews, those th- those pre-K Jews, those those elementary Jews, those, those pre-teen Jews, those high school Jews, the college Jews, in the Bible they had been told, there is one Lord, and there's one God, and they knew Him as Jehovah. Today in the New Testament, amen. We do not have less of a revelation. I tell you, we have a greater revelation because we know that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is revealed in the Jesus of the New Testament. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. One Lord, what had been shrouded in a cloud, and a voice heard in a burning bush, A man one day walked down the dusty roads of Judea, and before the eyes of the Jews did miracles, and later we find those same people who stood on the outskirts of the crowd, and they watched as it was a wonder of the world. They were observers, but they were not disciples. Those that watched, but could not be bothered sadly got swept up in the spirit of the moment and when they should have bowed down on their knees and and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord they lifted up their voice as one and rejected Him and chose rather a murderer by the name of Barnabas Amen, that's a mind blowing thing Amen, a man who knew no sin, did no wrong committed no crime the, 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 the person with the power to do with Jesus, to give him justice, if you will. He washed his hands and said, in him I find no fault. Can I add my voice to Pilate today? And I have looked at Jesus and I find, I find no fault. He has answered my prayers on how many times. He's touched my body how many times. He's provided for me and my needs how many times. He's been a friend indeed how many times. I look to Jesus and I proclaim to you in Jesus I find no fault. Can somebody say praise God? Amen. When we understand the the, the focal focus. Importance of the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This 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 declaration, Amen. It helps us to understand that when that we transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the great understanding Peter declared in Acts chapter two. He looked at the Jews that had rejected Jesus. And he preached to them Jesus in Acts chapter 2. And he wrapped up his message of all messages. The first gospel message about Jesus after he had been uh, crucified and buried and resurrected and ascended. That first gospel message Peter preached. The Bible says the Jews who had been saying since they were but children hero israel the lord our god is one lord and i'm going to love the lord with all my heart with all my mind with all my soul with all my strength These same Jews were there on the day of Pentecost and Peter declared in their face that same Jesus who you crucified is both Lord and Christ. He's both Jehovah and Messiah. The Bible says sometimes it's hard to capture the, the, the totality of a moment by using words. But that's what the Bible gives us, it says, And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were under conviction. They realized what they should have hallowed and worshipped. They had rejected and defamed that which they should have confessed and believed. They had betrayed and denied. The Bible says they, they looked at Peter and the rest of the apostles and they said men and brethren what shall we do? Peter looked at those and he said turn around, repent and be baptized. Oh, I know maybe you helped carry the cross. Maybe you held the bag. Maybe you spoke louder than all the rest. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how low you've went. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for remission everybody say forgiveness for forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost amen that that, that was a message that was a revelation that the man they saw do miracles. Maybe they ate the bread and the fish. Maybe they saw the blind see. Maybe they heard the, the, the testimony of the woman with an issue of blood. Maybe they had heard him speak on, on to the, the love your neighbor and to pray for your enemy. That no doubt Jesus was known of everyone. But they didn't know who he was. But... The Bible says on that day that thousands, thousands were added to the church that day. It was the birthday started as hundred twenty in upper room and on the birthday the first day that there was a church that started with thousands of people because though they may have been rejectors, amen they became redeemed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because they saw him for who he was that Jehovah they had been making uh, verbal utterances about from children hero Israel the Lord our God is one. They had a revelation. The Lord our God is Jesus. Can somebody put your hands together? Amen. I'm over halfway through my message notes. Amen. If it keeps going, I'll be through here in a minute. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. Anybody ready? Amen. You got a mic? Huh? You you don't have a mic. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, God bless Brother Ryan. This was his idea. Not today, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Stop. I want you to say that with me. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Where's it shining? In our hearts. Go ahead, keep reading. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. This is Paul. Paul is writing here, and he is making a personal declaration and including the rest of the church. Paul had an understanding that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God was in the face of Jesus Christ. He found out the hard way. He was on the road to Damascus to lock up believers and cause them to be persecuted. This man who was so fervently against the Christians, he was persecuting them. But on the road to Damascus, the Bible tells us that God knocked him off his donkey, knocked him to the ground, even blinded him in his place. And and it had to be a... A a catastrophic, emotional, uh, crazy thing. You are on the ground. And you are surrounded by this glorious light. And you look up to the light and say, Who are you, Jehovah? And from the light, from above, there comes a voice that says, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. you got to imagine how, wow what do you mean Jehovah you are Jesus how is that possible I've been serving you all my life I've been out here trying to to, to destroy those that the Bible transformed him in a moment from the greatest enemy of the church of that time to become the greatest apostle. Can I tell you, you can't judge the future by the moment because in a moment, God can flip the script and He can take a persecutor and make them an apostle. Amen. It all revolves around our choice to make Jesus Christ Lord of our life. And He did it. He didn't just get up from the light and keep doing what He was doing. But he allowed the revelation to radically transform the way he thought and the things he did. Can I tell you that when you truly make the Lord of your life, it's going to change everything about your life. Amen. It will will transform your life. I know this isn't in your notes. But there is a picture. It's a a very well-known story in the scripture. Amen, Landon has gotten so tall. Amen. He's gotten so tall. Doubting Thomas. How many ever heard of Doubting Thomas? I mean, poor Thomas. We only find him making one mistake and he has been tagged by the church till this day. But you know, sometimes God uses our doubt to give everybody else a revelation. Because His doubt... Produced a revelation in him, and it's something I can shout about today. He he came to Thomas uh, after he had appeared to the, the the disciples. Thomas didn't believe, and he said, "Unless I put my hand in his side and I put my fingers in the hole of his hands, I will not believe." But in Romans ten, at <laughs> verse chapter twenty and verse twenty seven then saith he to thomas reach this is everybody say jesus said this jesus said then said jesus to him thomas reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing and thomas answered and said unto him my lord and my God. That revelation armed Thomas to one day pay uh, the greatest price of devotion. Thomas died a martyr's death, but what gave him the fuel of faith to stand in the, in, in, the, in the opposition of persecution is he knew who Jesus was. He was my Lord, and he is my God. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. It is important for us to see it, to proclaim it, and to live it. Amen. Lordship is the manner of identity and definition of distinction of the believer today in no less a manner today as it was in that day. In Romans 10, Paul, verse 8, he's, re- he's writing about the Jews, specifically the Jews that didn't believe at that point. He is discussing the fact that there is a controversy to that moment in the Roman church and as well as the church at large. There were the believers and there were the Jews. All the Jews did not accept the Lord as the Messiah. So you had this conflict. I believe it is almost impossible for us today to appreciate how challenging it was for a New Testament believer to become a Christian to see and accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. He he told them, He prepared them that there's going to come a point because of your faith that your house may be divided, your family may be divided because everybody's not going to celebrate what I'm going to bring into your life. And so there was a conflict. And, and, and Paul, being a Jew, at one point he said, it is my heart's desire and my prayer to God that Israel would be saved. He's speaking of the Jews. And in this context, he is writing to the Roman church. They were believers. These were not instructions of how to be saved, but this was a discussion of salvation in context of the Jews. We know Paul preached the same thing Peter preached. Paul was not given another direction on how to be saved. He was building on what everyone else had done. Amen. I, I think if there's one thing, you know, I've I, I thought to myself, what's the one thing I would like to change about Christianity at large? And if if it was possible, I could just change one thing. If I could get people just to understand The scripture is not in a debate with itself. What it says in John is not in contradiction to what is written in Luke. What's written in Luke is not in contradiction to what's in the book of Acts. And what's in the book of Acts isn't in conflict with the book of Romans. It's all true. All scripture is profitable for doctrine. Amen. It's all true. And so when I read Romans 10, it doesn't cause me to wonder about what I read in John 3 or Acts 2 or Acts 10 or Acts 8 or Acts 19. I understand that it's all true. And if I read something in Romans 10, it does not make me doubt what I read in Acts 238. Right? Everybody say it's all true. And so I think it's important for us not to avoid scriptures that some people isolate to the exclusion of others. There's truth to be found in all of it because it's all true. And Romans 10 and 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. that is the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Can I tell you, I believe in calling on the name of the Lord Jesus? Somebody say, Jesus. I don't mean using it in vain because something uh, aggravates you. I don't mean using it as a byword because that you don't have any respect for the name. But I'm saying when I've got trouble, there's nothing wrong. It's needed. It's worthy. It's a perfect time to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus said in Mark, in my name... Ye will cast out devils. Can I tell you? I believe in devils. Amen. They are on the right hand and the left. Sometimes they are in front of you and behind you. And you feel like you have been overcome. But in the name of Jesus. Demons still have to flee. Amen. I can tell you, you can call on the name of Jesus and find deliverance from that dark darkness that would try to overtake you. In the name of Jesus, I resist the devil. In the name of Jesus, I bind and rebuke the devil. In the name of... Somebody say, Jesus. Amen. I truly believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. But I think that that what is so important today, amen, is that, that not that we just proclaim an understanding of Jesus, but that we bring ourselves into submission to Jesus Christ. Amen. Submission may be the most hated concept in the world today today people only want to obey the laws they agree with and laws they don't agree with they don't want to obey now I I believe there are are uh, laws that probably aren't very good but if you break the law you probably get locked up unless you know the judge or have a congressman as your cousin Amen. The idea of unequal treatment of the law really makes you angry, doesn't it? Right? It should be just. But we live in a broken world, and we live in a world full of corruption. So when this stuff happens, it's just the way the world is. But we have to recognize that we, if we're going to follow Jesus, we are subject to a higher law. Amen. I I I truly believe that more important than all the things we may observe because we want to be good citizens. And I believe that if we have if there's no uh, uh, contradiction between serving God and being good obedient citizens, that's what we should do. The Bible tells us to honor the king. That's not very just, but that's what the Bible says. Amen. The the scripture was written by people that were subjugated. Jesus Christ was born to a, a mom and dad who had to travel a long distance while his mother was pregnant because of a tax. Amen. So he was born under the shadow of an oppressive government. I would say you and I have a better experience in the world because we weren't born in under the Roman rule of the Jews when Jesus was born thank God I live in the United States of America where almost every person alive on the world if they could get here they would be here because they want to live here because we still have freedom and we live in a system where some people live on a dollar a day, we spend more than that on a slice of cheese on our burger. I don't blame anybody for wanting to be here because I don't want to be anywhere else. Right? But I'm telling you that, that, that the Jews and the first church, they lived under the oppressive glare of the Roman Empire. I mentioned this the other day, but it fits: if a Roman soldier came to you while he was on a journey, you were required by law to carry his pack for a mile. And if you didn't do that, well, trust me, they didn't have human rights back then. And so you did what you need to do to keep from being oppressed. that that was their reality. And what I'm saying to you is that that as believers, we have so much freedom. But as believers, there are some things we're not free to do. Amen? Amen? When you choose Jesus Christ as Lord, there are things the Word of God says you shouldn't do. Why? Because He's the Lord of my life. And when I make the Lord of my life, I am no longer trying to live just within the constraints of being a good citizen of the United States of America. I'm a citizen of another world and I want to please my sovereign. I want to please my king. I want to honor the Lord in my life in all things and in all ways. Say this with me. The Lordship... Of Jesus Christ. Amen, this morning is a a special day. Amen, one of our young men are going to get baptized today. Amen, he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost a few, few weeks ago, months ago. And he's been wanting to get baptized. But he wanted his grandparents to be here. And so this is a special day. I remember when I got baptized, I was six about six years old and I still remember it this young man has this opportunity because his parents love the Lord and in their devotion to the Lord they brought everybody with them they were responsible for and they have brought their children to church and they love the Lord I've seen both of these boys and many of the children in the church, amen, in altar services, and, and 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 I've seen them raise their hands. I've seen them clap their hands, even as little children, little children that don't hardly know anything. They've learned how to how to respond to the music, and 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 I've heard them say amen because because they're in the environment of righteousness. They're in the environment of faith, and, and today we are going to be able to see young Brayden be baptized in Jesus' name because he said, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Can we stand together? Amen. But before he gets baptized today, I I, want to challenge everyone here today. I don't know how far you are on your journey. Amen. You may have been baptized Amen. You may have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at some point in the past. Maybe you haven't. But I truly believe that today's a good day to proclaim, whether it be the first time, or yet renew our commitment to say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Can we do that together? Amen. Say it out loud. Pray out loud. Nobody's listening to you because they're praying for themselves. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Lord God, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for every false step, for every accident, every purposeful thing. Forgive us today, Lord, of our sins. Forgive us today of our stubborn or rebellion or or whatever it is that has hindered us from, from being fully submitted to you, Lord. God, I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want to praise you. I want to give you honor today because, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. I want to live in a way that reflects your glory into the world around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. <clears throat> I read a story that the Saxons were uh, just defeated by Charlemagne. And they were required to become Christians. And so... Under threat of death, they consented to the condition that they would be baptized. And when they were taken to be baptized, and as they were being immersed in water, they would raise their right hand, and their whole body would be baptized except their right hand. Their right arm because it was their fighting arm. They were in fact basically saying, I surrender everything but my right to fight. Today, we're under no constraint. We're not doing this under the force of sword. Today, I think we should be willing to say, Lord, you have all of me and including my fighting arm. And can we today just raise our hands and surrender and say, Lord, I give you all. I give you my mind. I give you my heart. I give you my dreams. I give you my plans. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future, Lord. I even give you my fighting arm. I surrender and submit all that I am to the Lordship of Jesus Christ.